Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 144. I want to answer the question today that I have been asked at least one dozen times in the last two weeks. Well, what are we to do if they say that we cannot worship? Do we need to obey the laws of the land? And uh, do we need to obey the king, the emperor, the president? Do we need to obey national mandates on keeping us from worship? Or do we need to obey the governor? You know, the Apostle Paul said that we need to obey those who are in authority. Well, let me remind you that there have been many times in the New Testament and in the Old when the authorities gave directives and mandates that were contrary to the reveal will and word of God. When that happens, we have to obey God rather than men. And people say, well, we don't need to assemble ourselves together. We don't have to assemble ourselves together. Well, I would say you better read the word of God because you see, assembling ourselves together is part of what believers do. And God commanded us to do that. When you look at Hebrews chapter 10, you read what I believe that uh, Paul's theology, Paul would have dictated to his good Dr. Luke, and Luke wrote down the book of Hebrews. Yes, I believe that Luke is the writer of Hebrews. I believe he was the amanuensis for the apostle Paul, because as you read through this book of Hebrews, you'll see that it is Pauline in its theology, but the writer And the style of the writer is very much like the writer of the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. So I want to call your attention to, first of all, the context of the book of Hebrews. Now, when was it written? Most believe it was written somewhere between 64 A.D. and 68 A.D. Now, if you'll check your timeline of Roman emperors, you'll find out that during that period was the most horrible and horrendous time of persecution for followers of Jesus of Nazareth. And that was taking place under Nero, N-E-R-O, Nero, who was one of the absolutely worst emperors and kings that Rome ever had. Caligula and he were two that over and over again showed that they were insane and had real mental problems. And it was during this period, 64, 68, that the book of Hebrews was written. Now listen to what it says. It says, therefore, brethren, He's been talking about sacrifices, and he's been talking about all of the different things that the Jews had to go through in their worship. And he says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus, this is in verse 19, by a new and a living way, which he, that is Jesus, consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, that is when he died, And having a high priest over the house of God, that's Jesus, he says in verse 22, verse 23, and verse 24, three let us. That is, these are things that we need to do as believers, as followers of Jesus, based upon the fact that God lives in our hearts and we can talk and walk directly with God. He said, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith of trust, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our expectation of our hope without wavering, 
for he who promised is faithful. So we've already got a couple of let us's that he has talked about. But when he comes to verse 24, he says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. So the writer here says, let us stir one another up. Now we do a good job at that. And sometimes we stir one another up, not in the best way, not in a good way. But here he said, stir one another, consider one another, work with one another, and stir up each other for love and good works. Oh, to God that that would be what we would do. But then he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Why? Because that's where we stir one another up. Now, remember, they didn't have Zoom meetings in 64 to 68 AD. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have all of this. They had to get together. And always face-to-face is the best way to do something. He said, you stir one another up to good works and to love, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, encouraging one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. What day approaching? The day when we'll stand before God one day. Now think about it. We say don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some are doing. We do that. What are some of the reasons we forsake the assembling of ourselves together today? Well, for some, that means it's too cold. For some, it means it's too hot to go to church and to assemble ourselves together. For others, it's a pretty day and we need to go to the lake. For others, well, this is camping season and God understands. For others, it's sports. Now we've got this craze to where we think our children are God and we worship them as idols. So if they want to play ball, every family thinks, I guess, that their child, the goal in life is for them to play professional sports, which very few do. Very few get a college scholarship. But I guess the goal now in the Christian life is to bring your kids up so they can play ball well enough and not get a good foundation of going to church and what's important in assembling ourselves together. But the main thing is, if they want to do it, to do it. And for some, the kids don't want to do it, but the parents want them to do it because they want them to get a scholarship to an ungodly school so they can go and be indoctrinated in the left. Now, if you think I have an ax to grind, I do, because I've seen so many lives ruined and so many children that grow up when they're 18 and they go off on their own, and they never look back to the church, and parents are saying, where did I go wrong? Well, you went wrong when you built your life around that child instead of building your life and that child's life around God and the pulling together of the church of Jesus every week and on a constant basis, a consistent basis, and teaching them that there's more important things in life than a career, there's more important things in life than good grades, what is really important in life is serving God, knowing God, being what God wants you to be, and building character in that child. And I know that the churches are not all they need to be. We all know that. But the fact is, the Word of God says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together because we need one another. We have the luxury now in our country of living in a free country where it doesn't cost us one thing to assemble ourselves together. Those days may be coming to an end sooner than what we think. And it's going to cost us something to go to church. And we'll see who really, really cares about assembling together. 
together because I need to assemble myself with other believers because God says so and because I need to be encouraged. I need to have fellowship. I want to go to church not to hear how to get saved again, but really, how can I grow and walk with God in my Christian life? And so he says, don't do that because if indeed you forsake the assembling of yourselves together, you're forgetting that the Lord is coming soon and what's important is that we obey him. So we're going to be faced very soon, some of you are right now in different states, of saying, well, we're not going to assemble ourselves together because the governor said we can't get together, we can't sing anymore, we can't pray out loud anymore. These are arbitrary decisions, and I would say to you that if I am leading a church and people say you can no longer worship together, then I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that we obey God rather than men. And I'm telling you, under Nero, what they were facing when they went to church is not as too hot, it's too cold, I want to do something else. It was under Nero that these words were written, when if indeed you did assemble together, you could lose your life. Not just lose your job, not just lose your livelihood, but you and your family could lose your life. It's very much like living in communist Russia or China today. I want to say to you, the days are coming when we're going to have to make some tough choices. And pastor, if you're listening, don't you dare start calling off church just because some potentate says, don't do it. You assemble together, and if there is a price to pay, we pay that. But assemble yourself together because God says you need to do that. We are all like coals in a fire, and you put that coal off, that ember, it might be the hottest, it might be the brightest right in the center of the blaze. You take that out of the fire and the warmth of that fire, and you set it off by itself, and it won't be long till it'll be dark, it'll be smoldering, and it'll be smoking and finally it'll go out. There's no light. There's no warmth. God did not save us. God did not redeem us to be lone rangers. God saved us and redeemed us for community. And no man has the right, no man has the authority to say you cannot assemble together. You cannot sing because God said in the book of Psalms over and over again, Psalm 47 says, sing unto the Lord, sing, 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 sing. And no earthly potentate has the authority to say, don't sing to any child of God. We need to sing louder and louder. And when they say, don't gather together for prayer, we need to gather together for prayer. And you say, well, I just have a hard time with that. Well, it might be hard for us, but God never said it was going to be easy. What you and I need to do is be faithful to God. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. While we have the opportunity, let's gather together in Jesus' name and let's sing to the heavens and let's sing unto God and let's pray and let's let our lives shine in this dark and perverted nation. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.